after we started to get national exposure on Rush's show, God rest you, Rush, and thank you. I have been telling people ever since then that if you want to understand where the party is headed, look at the separate country of Washington and its uh, its Maoist village of Seattle. The same can be said for San Francisco and the separate country of California. Understand where they're headed by watching the parties owned and operated areas of this landmass. Well, where the party is headed now is... Um, turning on Asian Americans and deciding who is and who is not a journalist and further, further stomping on and killing America's cities. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thanks to everyone sending notes to us, uh, noticing changes as we switch platforms, given our blessing of an agreement with a national radio network so the best way to make sure you always have access to the todd herman show is to use our website the todd herman show.com we are everywhere podcasts are people have been going to omni.fm and the shows are not being updated there right now because we have switched providers given this uh, the blessing of this agreement which you guys made happen you and the good lord thank you for that there's an event uh, going on in Seattle, and it gives great direction into where the party is headed. And it features some of my least favorite people. And, and in fact, it features the guy who is perhaps most responsible for the utter destruction of Western Washington. He is an absolute corruptocrat. And outside the Seattle area, you have no reason to know who he is. You might have heard me talk about him. I call him Smack Daddy Dow Constantine. And Smack Daddy owns King County, period. Smack Daddy is the so-called King County executive. Smack Daddy is the sheriff. He is. The people in Western Washington decided they don't want elected sheriffs. So they struck the position down. And Smack Daddy Dow Constantine now gets to decide who is sheriff. So there is no sheriff. Smack Daddy is the sheriff. Smack Daddy brought heroin to King County, which is the obviously the, the county in which Seattle sits. Smack Daddy has brought gang violence. When the Antifa terrorists seized six blocks of Seattle, Smack Daddy, who was big into defund the cops, Smack Daddy had 24-7 sheriff's deputies outside of his home where he hid. He didn't leave his home. And that came to me through law enforcement sources who were on that watch. Now, an indication of where the party is headed is they are turning on Asians, Asian Americans, because all things are race to them, turning on them. And they have more plans to further destroy the cities. This guy is inserting 
what could only be called a homeless megaplex into the Asian community in Seattle. It will end that community. And Smack Daddy has to know this. Because Smack Daddy is not a stupid man. He's a scheming and an evil man. But this is a bigger story. Because we see now indications that the party intends to decide who is and who is not a journalist. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying maybe. That's exactly what they're doing. Who is and who is not a journalist. Which makes sense because the Cultural Revolution is about installing the China model of corporate fascism. I want to give um, just a quick and and super simple thank you uh, to the people at Bonefrog Coffee. I've gotten back into the habits, and there's a reason for this. I've gotten back into the habit of getting up early. Not that that's ever really stopped. Um, and But I'm talking about like 4 a.m. early. So I'm getting back into that habit and getting back into the habit of creating content. <laughs> and I'm just remembering the, uh, the big Folgers uh, coffee fest in the morning, wondering why I was always irritable after the show. Yeah, I would take a mason jar and, and fill it with, with freeze-dried Folgers and, and ice water. And, and I'm talking about six or seven scoops of that stuff. That was my coffee routine in the morning. It's not anymore. It's bone frog coffee. This morning, it is the dark roast. And it joins me every single morning. It's bonefrog.us. And this is the challenge for the week. I know that a lot of folks have subscribed to bonefrog through bonefrog.us. Thank you for that. Fantastic company uh, founded and run by a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL named Tim Cruikshank, who is a friend of mine. Um, it's also fantastic coffee, as we know. My challenge this week is to folks who have not yet tried it. And here's my ask. Try the coffee, and if you love the coffee, buy it. Understand, it's going to cost a little more. It's small batch. It's not made in great big factories, right, in China. It's made here. And it is also handcrafted. And some of the proceeds go to support the families of Navy SEALs who decided to risk their lives and ended up giving their lives for this country. So the challenge is simply this. Try it, and if you love it, convert like I have now for almost a year. It's bonefrog.us. That's bonefrog.us. There's a guy in um, Seattle who's trying to cover all this stuff. His name is Jonathan Cho. And Jonathan is a very, very well-recognized uh, reporter in Seattle. Been a reporter there for years. And he was on TV for years. And Jonathan did good work for years. And Jonathan then, I had this feeling and I tweeted about this, that Jonathan either made the decision to be fired or decided to simply do journalism, knowing that could lead to him being fired. He covered a Proud Boys rally. That's all. He, he, he covered it. He went to Olympia and he filmed a Proud Boys rally and he talked to people. He interviewed people. That got him fired. 
as I understand it, from Como News, which is an ABC affiliate. Now, mind you, in Seattle, the word Antifa is not used. The word is anti-fascist groups or protesters for social justice. And it's very rare that Antifa is used. Now, there are colleagues of mine in talk radio who use that. My friends and, and former colleague Jason Rance uses it. And Jason, in fact, covers Antifa very well. Uh, my friend Dory Monson there uses it. My friend Ari Hoffman at another radio station, KVI, does that. But when you get to television media, the Mockingbirds, that's not a recognized name. Even when they seized downtown Seattle, well, not downtown, but Capitol Hill, not a recognized name. The Proud Boys, however, well, that's a massive terrorist group. And that name is repeated time and again, breathlessly in a sense of panic from the Mockingbirds in Seattle. Now, I know nothing about the Proud Boys because, frankly, I don't care. I don't join groups. I I notice the difference in treatment, and so I assume I I agree far more with the Proud Boys than I do Antifa because Antifa are terrorists, leftists. Not they're not in any way anti-fascist, and we know all this. So Jonathan Cho was doing a favor to people like me, doing the reporting, so I could tune in and say, okay, so who are these guys? And he gets fired. So Jonathan Cho went independent for a little while, like we have. And then Jonathan Cho got hired by the Discovery uh, Institute in Seattle. And you could call the Discovery Institute uh, an activist group. Okay, fine. And they do a lot of things, including journalism, including the creation of content. And, And a lot of it, some of the best content in the world, particularly on intelligent design and the uniqueness of the human species. So Jonathan Cho is covering this story of in Chinatown, and they, they keep trying to call it the CID in Seattle, the, the China International District or Little Saigon. It's Chinatown. And Chinatown has some of the, I mean, the, the thickest, most authentic um, sampling of Chinese culture that you can ever have. And that's not me talking. That's former colleagues from uh, Microsoft who were from China. And I asked them to come to our Chinatown. Hey, take me out to lunch and show me like what's truly authentic. And so they did. I actually paid, but they, they, they gave me the education. And they loved it. They said, this, wow, this is like being home. Well, that part of town has been under attack by Antifa, by Black Lives Matter Incorporated. And something happened with the party. The party tried desperately to turn Asians, uh, Asian Americans. And I, I detest, I detest separating people by racial groups. It's ungodly. Uh, it is unchristian. It, it is a manipulative tool of, of the party. It is simply a divisive tool. It's nonsense. And yet it's the common language, the lingua franca. So the, the, the Chinatown community, that's, that's what it's been. It's been under attack. Black Lives Matter Incorporated destroyed businesses there that was never talked about, that never made the news cycle. And there is a pronounced animosity 
between the black and Asian communities in Seattle. So the, the, the party tried this thing to pretend that Trump supporters were out murdering Asians. Do you remember this? There was, a, there was an entire like year-long effort from the Mockingbird media starring Seattle media to get Asian people to fear Trump supporters. But the Asian communities in, in areas like Seattle know exactly what's going on. They know that the animosity is between Asian and black community members. And more precisely, in the separate country of Seattle, which is gang-owned and operated, operated by the party, which allows the gangs to run wild, allows sex trafficking to occur, allows fentanyl dealing to occur, allows gang violence to flourish, in fact, encourages it in every single, any, any way you would want to encourage it, they do. And Asian gangs versus black gangs. That's just, that's not talked about there. So into this comes the smack daddy, Dow Constantine, who is spending your money. Now, I'm, now I'm not talking, this is not a, a Seattle podcast. This is a national podcast, and I mean your money. Because he knows how to grift federal dollars to build a massive homeless installation in Chinatown which is already one of the most violent areas of Seattle because it's allowed to be violent. And this violence, we know exactly where this is coming from. So Jonathan Cho, this reporter, who made the mistake of committing journalism in covering the Proud Boys to say, who are these guys? We always use their name. They're always featured as panic porn. Who are they? And I believe Cho was there when a Proud Boy member was shot by an Antifa goon. Oh, and by the way, the Proud Boy member who was shot was a BIPOC. The sainted group. Although I don't know if Pacific Islanders get to be in that group. Because, of course, Asians are white adjacent. So Jonathan Show has been all over this effort to install this, this, this homeless megaplex and understand some of the dynamics at play here. Hardcore people uh, who are, I call street people, people who remember the uh, Seattle radio show know this. There's a difference between people experiencing homelessness, people who are homeless, and street people. And I know this from experience in working with people, watching them go from experiencing homelessness to sometimes going back to homes. God bless them. And yes, God blesses them. To people who are experiencing homelessness, who become homeless. That is, this is now the destination. And then there are street people. Street people have adapted and evolved to street life to a degree that they actually dig it. They get juiced from it. They get jazzed. And it is a source of freedom. Now, to be perfectly candid with you, I, I, I can dig that. I can understand it. 
I remember when I was a kid, I used to frustrate and no doubt scare the heck out of my mom saying, when I grow up, I either want to be filthy rich or dirt poor living on the streets because either one gives you freedom. And it was a highly you know, silly thing to say and, a, and the statement of an egotistical young man thinking for himself and his fleshly desires, not thinking about my life as, uh, as something in service of the Lord, in service of building the kingdom. How do you do that? Well, I guess as a rich person, you could do that. Not so much as a street person. But what it meant was, hey, I don't have to wake up early. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to listen to anybody. I just do whatever I want. That's street life in Seattle. They don't have to listen to anybody. If they're arrested, it's a minor inconvenience. They'll be out in a couple of hours. They get all sorts of access to food and drink and drugs. They, in fact, run politics in Seattle. Because by virtue of the forced speech effort that distributes, <laughs> it distributes money to them. So they can make political donations. So just understand the background here. In the separate country of Washington and in the Maoist village they're in, in Seattle, if you own a house, you pay a tax. That money is collected by a city department that then pays its employees and pays for their vacation and pays for their so-called sex change operations and pays for their retirement, and it takes your money, and it puts it into vouchers, and then people go hand those vouchers out to street people, and homeless people and people experiencing homelessness. And they get to take those dollars and contribute them to campaigns, not their money, yours. And so part of those campaigns are, quote, you know, more, quote, services. Now, understand this background as well, and then we'll get to this story about Jonathan Show, because the real story here is the party turning on Asians and then the party deciding that they will now determine who is and who is not a journalist. Now, it's astonishing. The same party that pretends men are women because they say so says, yeah, but you're not a journalist if you say so. It's remarkable. Street people in Seattle do not want shelters. They will not go to shelters. Why would they? There are groups that give these people RVs for free. And they live in them and they cook meth and they sex traffic. and They cause fire after fire. They haven't yet blown up a building, but they will because street people blew up a building about seven or eight years ago because they cut into the natural gas line in the building to cook their meth. It blew up half a city block. Thank God that no one was there because it was a retail block and it was at night. But yes, smack daddy, Dow Constantine, is going to reach into the federal grift bucket and build this megaplex in downtown Seattle. This is the same smack daddy who's been using grift money to purchase hotels and to put street people in the hotels and they don't change their behavior. They aren't made to engage in treatment. They don't have to take classes. They don't have to get off drugs. 
They don't have to stop sex trafficking. And the media is not allowed to go view these hotels, which these people destroy. I know that because of pictures that have been sneaked out of those hotels. And it shows people destroying these buildings. You're not necessarily hotels, but other buildings that the city has purchased. So now you're going to hear what it's like to experience life in officially in, in, a, in a city officially owned by the party as a journalist attempts simply to attend a press conference and a tour of where Smack Daddy Del Constantine is placing this grift and it will destroy the Asian community. Well, the Asian community didn't play ball. They were supposed to step up and get on board and be intersectional allies of the party and say, yeah, 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 we're victims. We hate Trump. Well, they didn't do it, so now they're going to destroy their neighborhood. Later this week, we're going to have Zach Abraham on, uh, the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management, and there's so, so much to ask him this week. It's no longer just interest rates on, on purchasing new homes that's a concern. Now, you have this confluence of events where interest rates are going way up and housing prices are starting to settle and maybe return to some form of reality. Well, what in the world does that mean for us, people who may need to move or to purchase a new house? And at the same time, the energy crisis about which Zach has been warning for, well, a decade is coming to roost, coming home to roost, Reverend Wright, and so-called Reverend Wright, in Europe. And it's going to be real. There is going to be the long, dark winter that the World Economic Forum had predicted because they want to have it and have, in fact, helped engineer it. That and it's making its way here. The energy crisis. How do we know this? Because in California, when they decided that you can't purchase new gas-powered cars, they have to be electric, 17 other states have to do that. Because they signed a suicide pact, an economic suicide pact with the state of California. So 17 other states are going to force people, if you want a new car, you have to buy an electric car. That will utterly decimate the electric grid. Remember that phrase, the technocrats, why don't we just blow it up? So we'll talk to Zach about these things. He comes on our show every Friday. Now, does that sound like a risky environment to you? Now, here's my question to you. Did Fidelity send you notes about this? Fidelity Investments? Bank of America? Chuck Schwab? Did they send you notes about these pending situations? No. Why? Because you might panic. You might pull out of the market. Zach Abraham at Boer Capital Management has been truth-telling about this stuff for a decade. And his entire firm is calibrated and focused and obsessed with risk management. That's why Zach is free to talk about these things. Not only is he a discipled man, so he has to tell the truth. Also, he's a steward of people's money, and he takes that so seriously. 90% of his family's net worth is tied up in Boer Capital Management. His money's right where his mouth is. If you're five to 10 years from retirement, you cannot afford a hole in the bucket. 
Bulwark Capital Management is risk management. Call them at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So here's Jonathan Cho, who happens to be Asian, going now to Chinatown in Seattle. And all he's doing is he's approaching the site where they're giving a media tour. The guy who meets him, there's two people here. One is a woman with the Salvation Army. If you give money to the Salvation Army, I encourage you to stop. Remember, they play the white privilege card. They are probably going to start playing the gender card if they're not already. The Salvation Army is involved in this grift. One of their representatives is there. That homeless megaplex will help no one but the party. And the Salvation Army may get money out of this. It's tremendously sad to watch that group erode and degrade. Well, in fact, to degrade itself, defile itself. The other voice you're going to hear is a guy named Chase Gallagher. And he works for Smack Daddy Dale Constantine. He's still wearing masks. I had thought at one point it looked like two masks, but it's just a fancy mask. So Chase Gallagher's still wearing a mask. He's a very, very heavy, large man. I just, I'm setting the scene. And he confronts Jonathan Cho, who's simply going to take the media tour. I've contacted you multiple times, Marta. You haven't returned any of my calls. So are you going to, you haven't even sent me an email. You're not a member of the media, Jonathan. I'm not a member of the media. So I'm, I'm not correct. being allowed to go into this tour? Into the media tour? No, you're not. Okay. When? What is it going to take for me to be able to go into this media tour? You would have to work for a media organization, which you do not. You work for an advocacy group. I work for Discovery Institute. This is an advocacy group. Well, we have a media wing called FixHomelessness.org. It's not a media wing. Okay. These are broadcast journalists, independent journalists. They work for media groups, not... Jonathan, you are not allowed in there. I'm I'm going to go as cl- I don't understand why I'm not being allowed to go in. Not a member of the media, Jonathan. So I'm not being allowed to go in. Nope. No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So King County and Dow Constantine officially doesn't Jonathan, consider me a media. A don't be defensive about this. Don't make a scene about. I'm it. trying to go in and cover for the community what this is about. Well, the media is here. You're not a member of the media. Well, That's the facts. Can I ask you some questions then, right now? No, I'm not going to speak to you. You're, we're declined to participate in your project. Let me ask you something right now. Why no. are you building a shelter when most of the homeless Jonathan, are rejecting we're shelter? We're not talking to you about this. You're welcome to say. Why not have a moratorium? Jonathan, we're not talking about you. We're not going to engage with you on this project. Okay, well, I'm trying to represent the community, okay? Jonathan, you're not a member of the media. This is a media tour. You were fired from being a journalist. You're no longer a I'm member. a journalist. You're I'm a senior fellow and a journalist. So who, who get to determine that? You get to determine that? I get to read what is written on the organization that you work for on yes. the website, which is not a media organization. So why do that other city officials here talk to me then? Why do other I county officials? I anybody else or what anybody else does. I'm telling you this is a so media So you've determined tour. that? I've determined that you work for the group that you said that you work for, which is not a media group. Okay, so let's just all stomach this. That guy, Chase Gallagher, says that Jonathan Cho was fired from being a journalist? At the same time as through his own mouth, right through his woke mask, he says that people here are with independent media. 
What he means is there are people here who are going to help tell the party's story. Now, this has always happened. It's always happened behind the scenes. There's always selective you know, behavior in terms of who people will take interviews with. I, many, 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 many times offered Smack Daddy Dow Constantine donations to come on the show. I think we got up to $35,000 at one point. I was scared to death. He was going to take that. And I'd have to pony up 35,000 bucks to a charity he and I could both agree on, which would have been very difficult. He never came on because he can't, and it's policy, because the device, the division of information in information streams is one of the ways they're pulling this scam off. But in Seattle, media plays ball because they only get access if they play ball. But now it's official. It's right there. You are not a journalist. That guy, Chase Gallagher, works for a government that says all you need to do to be a woman is raise your hand and say you are a woman. And boom, a man is a woman. But Jonathan Cho, who's been on TV in Seattle for I don't know how long, one of the most recognizable uh, people in Seattle, given his work on television, fired from being a journalist. Well, the reason that the party cannot handle this and the reason they're going public with it now, we are pronouncing who's a journalist, is because it's the next stage. See, the attack on the Asian community is one thing. That's one aspect of the story. The other aspect of this story is making it official. We are going to determine who's a journalist. And if you think I'm overstating this, here's some other facts about the separate country of Washington. They made an effort to force bloggers to register as lobbyists. Independent media people. They tried to force us to register as lobbyists. That would mean that anything we do would be reviewable by election commissions. All of our income would be reviewable. Our donations. Furthermore, you have in the separate country of Washington, people like Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell, two so-called senators who have been pushing, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes in front of the scenes, legislation that would take government's money, our tax money, and hand it out to, quote, established media organizations. So the reason that they cannot have a guy like Cho doing what he does will become clear when we get to more of his work of trying simply to engage in journalism in a a, a separate country, and the Maoist village, utterly controlled by the party. Oh, and then wait till you hear what political, fa- what, what political, uh, yeah, PolitiFact said. PolitiFact says Cammy Harris didn't say something, so I'll play her saying it. My friend uh, Dave, the digital uh, at, uh, at, at Greenhaven Interactive, he is once again saving, saving the day. Uh, This guy has been with us since the very beginning of all this. In fact, prior to the beginning of it. And the story is so funny because when I decided to take the show independent, I started to put together a team. 
you know, who would be on the team. And I have to be very careful because I couldn't violate non-disclosure agreements. And, and I take those very seriously. And, and I have great respect and thanks for the station that had me on for a decade. So I was cagey and careful. And I think Dave knew what was going on. But when the decision was made to end the show early, and I get it, the radio station made a smart decision. Hey, the guy's not going to be here. There is a um, holiday season coming up. Great time to switch hosts. They were so wonderful. But then all of a sudden the timeline shrunk. It's no longer six months. Now it's like 60 days. If that, 30 days, we needed to get things going. He leapt in and he did what he does. Now, as we're doing the switch over to the National Radio Network and to their platform, David's working all sorts of hours doing this for us because that's who he is. He has a specific skill set that is so needed right now for businesses in this ever like shrinking uh, ability to get around Google or YouTube. It is so vital that you understand how they view your business. So let me give you a tip to determine if you need Dave the Digital or if you want to give Google money. Wherever you're at, search for your organization or your business's name near you. Search it on Maps. Okay, search your business on the desktop, search it on the phone, search it on maps. If you're not in the top three to five returns, you're in trouble because most people never go beyond the top three to five returns. Yes, you could pay Google money to purchase a search ad and boom, there you appear. Or you could work with Dave the Digital who'll correct that for you. Here's one other tip. Search for your business function near you. Either search for it on maps. So search for hair salons on maps or on the desktop, search for hair salons near you and see what comes out. Again, if you're not in the top three to five search returns, you could pay Google money and purchase an ad and those rates will just keep going up. Or you could go to Dave, the digital Dave Parkhurst at greenhaveninteractive.com, a Christian conservative man in an industry otherwise absolutely owned by atheist leftists. Here's how to get to him. Just go to greenhaveninteractive.com. Greenhaveninteractive.com. Let him know you listen to the podcast. Dave has been a loyal radio listener for a decade and still listens to the podcast every morning. I know because he sends me notes. Greenhaveninteractive.com. All right. So in this one party state, uh, the party. They're now going out to determining who is a journalist. And if you think it was a mistake that it was just Chase Gallagher saying this, it's not. It's policy. They're treating Jonathan Cho as if he has been fired from being a journalist. But by the way, does that mean that he's not a citizen now? Well, that's next. You're watching the emergence of a behavior because they know exactly what they need to do with independent media. They understand the threat that we present to them. They understand that they can pressure organizations. They understand that they can pressure news groups to say, your money is predicated upon getting access to us. And while people buy that, if you ever design a media career based upon who you can interview, good luck continuing that forever because you might not end up having great guests. That's the situation in Seattle, and they've given into this. Now, occasionally reporting pops up and occasionally questions get answered. Occasionally, there's acts of journalism. Jonathan Cho is one of those guys who didn't just occasionally. He did acts of journalism. So did Brandy Cruz, who has gone independent. She's a Seattle media personality. She and I used to be friends. And she went independent. 
so she could continue to do journalism. And she's a great journalist, by the way. So here is now Jonathan Cho, and he's talking to smack daddy Dow Constantine. And he ends up following this guy through a hallway, trying to get comment on him because Smack Daddy starts to respond. And then one of Smack Daddy's handlers pulls him aside and reminds him, oh, that guy's not a journalist anymore. Detective Constantine, I have a couple of questions related to public safety. Constantine turns to answer. The so basically, I'm sorry. Um, she's pulling him away. Mr. Constantine, I'm I'll asking you. A question about the Chinatown International District. Why are you ignoring me? The vast majority of Chinatown had a rally in Hinghe Park this past weekend accuse you of being racist against the Asian American community. Would you put a temporary moratorium on this project? I'm I'm glad to have uh, Leo come talk to you about this. How about you? When are you going to face the Chinatown community? You were, oh, I'm in the Chinatown community continuously, but... So why not put a moratorium on this before public input? You're not actually a journalist. You were fired for promoting the Proud Boys. So we talk with reporters like those in the room. And we're not so gonna, you're not talking not to me anymore and accuse me of promoting the Proud Boys. You're an elected official. Why not put a moratorium on this project and get public input? Your office is not responding to me. No, that's the problem. That's because we are answering journalists' questions. Yeah, I'm a journalist. I just want to let you know that. I'm a you senior fellow. With, you are not with a media outlet that is. I am. It's called fixhomelessness.org. There you go. So it's official policy. You are not a journalist. You had bad think. You did a story. He didn't promote the Proud Boys. Jonathan Cho did a story. He took his camera and his mic to Olympia, Washington, and he interviewed people about whom the media speaks on a constant basis, about whom the media tries to scare people. That guy, Dow Constantine, uses that phrase constantly. Oh, it's the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys might be here. In a city that was seized by terrorist groups who got a billion dollars in total payoffs. But Jonathan Cho is not a journalist. Do you see the template? Now, further context on this. This is what it looks like when a city is completely seized by the party. There is a panel of judges, and this is from Jason Rance at KTTH, a former colleague, friend of mine. There is a drug dealer who made a claim on racism, and guess what? It got, it got accepted by these judges. This is Rance writing. Three judges on the Washington Court of Appeals just overturned a conviction against an accused drug dealer by using woke standards for the term Mexican ounce, which they're misconstruing. Jesus Ibrera Ibreras was arrested in the apartment he was living in after officers found a backpack with seven ounce bund- uh, bindles of methamphetamine and five bindles of heroin with a street value of $8,000. Police found the digital scale and a box of plastic sandwich bags. The amount of heroin was slightly less than an ounce, the typical amount of the drug that's carried with the intent to deliver. To help establish the intent, a detective testified that a Mexican ounce is considered 25 grams on the street. In his closing remarks, prosecutor Adam Servant used the term Mexican ounce twice in the context of establishing the intent to deliver. 
Though there were no objections at the time of the case, still using the term Mexican ounce was enough to overturn the conviction. (laughs) The appeals court judge during the appeal, Washington appellate project attorney Nancy Collins hardly mentioned the alleged prejudicial term of the term Mexican ounce. Well, as part of the appeal, she primarily focused on the claim that there was insufficient evidence to support the drugs belonged to Bear Averas. When the judges questioned the state, all they wanted to focus on was the phrase Mexican outs. Could an objective observer who was aware of the history of using race to appeal to bias conclude that the term was used to suggest that it's more likely that heroin packed to a Mexican ounce was done by a person who is apparently Latinx and speaks Spanish? The phrase no one uses Latinx except for white social justice poseurs. Judge Bill Bowman, a Jay Inslee appointee. Asked at the trial, this is how they overturned a case in a city with the highest levels of heroin overdoses. You have kids that it does. It's not uncommon for kids to get stabbed by needles in the park. When, 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 when you go play soccer with your little kids, the parents go to the soccer fields and they do a needle search. They walk the field, they take rakes out and flashlights looking for needles so that kids don't get stabbed with an HIV-infected needle while they're playing soccer. That's story number one, and they're bringing the homeless industrial complex a brand new place to store street people. And Jonathan chose not a journalist. Is everybody seeing where this is headed? And by the way, your money is underwriting this. I don't care where you live in the United States, they grift federal dollars for this. This past weekend in Seattle, there was a person killed, I think now the number is sadly up to two, seven injured over the weekend in, I believe, five different shootings in one weekend. And they are bringing in more customers for the cartels. Do you understand, does anyone not understand the dream scenario this is for the cartels? They don't have to travel. Think of this. Back in the day when I worked with homeless people and people experiencing homelessness, we never worked with street people. They didn't want to work. We used to deliver door hangers, door hanger ads and phone books. And I sold the ads. And then on the weekends, I went out and delivered them to earn extra money. And it was a dream scenario when you got to go to apartment buildings and they let you in. Because you could deliver, you know, 400 phone books in half an hour. And that's a lot of money for these guys and a lot of work off of my shoulders. The cartels, all they have to do is go to the homeless complexes now. All they have to do is show up at the Megaplex and set up shop. And they will. They don't have to drive around the city. They're they're drug delivery people. Don't have to drive around the city looking for people. They're right there in Chinatown. And Jonathan Cho, who's no longer a journalist, doesn't get to cover it. This is what it looks like to live under the party. Now, some of these shootings um, affected students of the disgraced University of Washington. Listen to this statement, part of the statement from the, uh, the, the boss lady of the University of Washington, Anna Marie Koss. Our university is committed to fostering a safe 
and secure uh, environment for students, faculty, and staff, including in the neighboring neighborhoods near campus. We've been working with the city, Seattle Police, and the U District Partnership to address the root causes behind the increase in personal and property crime in the university district and to ensure immediate responses to incidents when they occur. <laughs> They're working to address the root causes. No, they are fostering the root causes. They're growing the root causes, but it gets better. If you want to know where the country's headed, pay attention to the separate country of Seattle. Separate country of Washington and the Maoist village of Seattle. I have been warning about this. You notice what the so-called governors can do with public health crises? I've been warning about this for a decade. Watch the language. Watch the changes to terminology. When they started calling men women, they can change anything else. Now listen to this next paragraph. No one should have to fear for their safety as they go about their daily lives. Gun violence is a public health crisis. And we're committed to working with our partners, including by providing evidence-based policy and health research as we collectively work to make our community a safer place for everyone. The University of Washington is home to the IHME which is as responsible as any group in the world for lying about COVID deaths. Cases, cases, cases. Lying about the lethality, um, um, the, the, yeah, lethality of it, how lethal it is. They were the, some of the groups publishing the 3% numbers. They've never been right on any death projection. They're the ones still pretending that the injections work and they're funded by, by Bill Gates, as you might imagine. She says it right there. So let's just go through this. Men are women. Jonathan Cho is not a journalist. Guns commit violence. And you, if you have a gun, are a virus. You are the virus. Please pay attention to what Seattle is. Please pay attention to what the party's planning because it's right out here in front of us. And there's a panic. And there should be a panic. Because there are black voters who are beginning to figure this all out. I can't believe this comes from CNN, but for some reason, they've got a data reporter there who has this incredible habit of telling the truth. His name is Harry Enton. He's the data analyst at CNN. He talks about the black vote and the figurehead. Oh, take a look here. This is black voters, electoral preferences and pre-election polling. Look, black voters are the part, the core part of the Democratic Party. And as you can see here in the race for Congress, look, they're still getting 74 percent support in the pre-election polling right now. But compare that to the final polling for 2020 president and 2018 Congress. Back in 2020, it was 84 percent, 85 percent in 2018. So you're clearly seeing right here that there is less support for Democratic candidates for Congress among African-Americans. And you can look at the Republican column as well, and you can see that 12 percent, not exactly high. But that's actually the high watermark. It was 9% in 2020, 9% in 2018. So basically what was about a 75, 76-point margin is now down in the low 60s. So look, Democrats still well ahead with African-Americans, but in a game in which you're trying to drive up margins, the margin among African-Americans for Democrats is clearly down. So what's going on here? What's the cause of this? You know, there's 
A lot of things that could be going on. And the <laughs> truth of the matter fool. is, when you look across Biden's polling, it's fool. actually kind of hard to build up a large enough sample size to really dig in a lot of questions. But I think that this kind of gets at the core part of it. Take a look at Joe Biden's approval rating among black adults. If you go back to January to June of 2021, look how high it was. It's 87 percent, 87 percent, basically matching what he got in the 2020 election. But look at that approval rating now in August and September of 2022. It's all the way down to 64 percent. Now, obviously, Joe Biden's approval rating with all Americans is down, but it's not down by anywhere near this amount. This 23 point drop among all Americans, it's only down about 10 to 15 points. So there is a disproportionate drop in Joe Biden's approval rating among African-Americans. And I think that's kind of driving why you're seeing Democrats running for Congress getting a significantly lower margin than we're used to seeing. Yeah, think. I love her question, kind of panic. What's happening? How could this, don't they understand? Pardon me. Don't they understand how important the figurehead is? See, media has always had this bias. They've always wanted to control public thing. But you see the comparison. Okay, now we're deciding who's journalists. Now, of course, they also decide who's black. They decide that Asians are white adjacent, which leads us to Cammie Harris and PolitiFact. In a world steeped in lies and the fungibility of facts, it's so, so aggravating and yet so enlightening. PolitiFact rated as false, and this is pointed out by Andrew Bates, who works for Cammie Harris, White House Deputy Press Secretary, Winston-Salem native, and North Carolina State Wolfpack alum. Andrew Bates, by the way, is one of the guys who tried to... <laughs> he tried to make the uh, Dark Brandon thing happen. <laughs> he tried to present Joe Biden as as uh, anti-hero, cool anti-hero. <laughs> So people have been pointing out that in talking about hurricane relief, Cammie Harris said, or at least suggested, that the relief is going to be handed out by virtue of one's skin color, melanin levels, cheekbone structure, shapes of the eyes. He tweets, PolitiFact, we rate this claim false. Here's a quote from PolitiFact. Harris said no such thing in response to a question that touched on several topics, including Hurricane Ian, climate change policy, and disparities in who's most harmed by climate change and extreme weather. So they're telling you that Cammie Harris did not suggest that relief would be handed out by virtue of someone's skin color. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and, and so women. we absolutely and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity understanding that we we fight for equality but we also need to fight for equity understanding not everyone starts out at the same place and if we want people to be in an equal place sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. Giving, it is our- giving relief based on equity. She said the very thing that PolitiFact said she didn't say. Unbelievable and yet so fitting with the theme of the day. Watch 
the party. And what's so encouraging about this to me is if the party says it's not true, it probably is. If the party says it's bad for you, it's probably good for you. If the party says don't look over there, look over there. And all of it, all of it is both predictable and something that you and I can stand completely firm on this. We'll not give in. We'll not give in to despair. We'll not give in to thinking that we cannot right the ship. We'll not give in to thinking that they've won. Certainly there are parts of the country that the party owns. Seattle is dead. It is dead. There's going to have to be an absolute disaster there for Seattle to ever come back. And I don't wish for that to happen. It was my home for many years and I mourn for for it, but it's dead. And part of this is to let the dead bury their dead. Part of us is to concentrate on the living. Part of our job is to be heralds. The biblical description of our herald is very specific, and many of us are not gifted to be a herald. I'm certainly not. But we can herald to the rest of the world. This is what it looks like. Someone asked me the other day, what's our job now? Who do we concentrate on? Some people have bought into the COVID stuff forever. Some people bought into the gender stuff forever. I beg you to look in your circle of friends at people who are leaning, people who are not solid. I beg you to look through your circle of friends for people who are beginning to question. And I beg you to arm them with circumstances like this so that they can look at a city that most everybody understands is dead and educate them on how it was killed and how it's continuing now to get stomped, its corpses being stomped upon. And understand that it goes down to one basic factor. Lies. Lies. When we give in to little lies, we give in. Whenever you hear a lie, confront it. Jonathan Cho is not a journalist. Yes, he is. That man is a woman. No, that man is not a woman. A man can never become a woman. Joe Biden's a president. I doubt that. I doubt very much he's president. He won the election. If you don't think Joe Biden won the election, never stop saying, no, he didn't. Nope, didn't win it. Sorry, too much fraud. Anywhere you have an opportunity to speak truth, speak it. But let's concentrate not on the people who have joined the dead. Let them bury themselves. Let us concentrate on the people who may need the support. You may have people near you who are fatigued, And their belief in America is waning. Remind them that it's not America that's failing. It's being attacked. It's not our system that's failing. Our system's not being used. And remind them as well that throughout history, God has allowed countries to go through times like this so enough people are shaken to their knees because in that, people tend to pray and to turn their face back to God. This is the Todd Herman Show. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful of the people who need us to back them up spiritually and mentally.